uh, Micah got my lightmate mat with me. And today we're gonna go over the Kings. We're gonna go over the Vegas loss. And we're gonna go over some Hawk talk and some a uh, little bit of NHL news. But the Blackhawks defeated, uh, yeah, they defeated the Kings four to three in a shootout, which was uh, really nice to see because Delia had a good game. A lot of times when he comes in from his first game in, in, a, in a long time, he doesn't do very well. Actually, typically, he gives up five goals in that game. He only gave up three in this one, which is great. Um, he's from Los Angeles, isn't he, uh, Matt? Yeah, yep. He's from uh, California, I think, that area. Right, yeah. And, uh, it was like a homecoming game. They made a big game. deal about it. Yeah, they made a big deal about that. And he he played good, and it was good to see him get a win. Right, right. Uh, Kaner and Cat and Lafferty, which I'm I'm glad to see him. He got a goal uh, in that game, uh, which is really great to see, man. That guy's... I don't know if you've noticed, but he's been working his way up the lineup. Started up, started as a fourth liner, and then uh, made his way to the third line. Third line, and he's been kind of going back and forth between that third and second line. To be honest with you, and I think he started Sunday, but I'm sorry, Saturday. But Cat uh, scored the game winner, which was a you know, great you know, goal. I'm sorry to sorry to cut you off. You know who he reminds me of right now? Hagel, the way he's playing, Lafferty. I feel like he is just. Full speed every shift. He's getting some, you know, great moves on these players. He's not finishing that much, but it was good to see him get rewarded because he was, the last three games, man, he has probably been one of the best Hawks out there. And, you know, maybe that's why they felt comfortable letting Hagel go. He's been playing well, to be honest with you, all season. When he came in, I had no idea who he was. And Same. from yep. that first first game, you know, he just had a motor on him. Uh, you know, like Hagel. He's, I think he's bigger than Hagel, though. He is, but the way he plays at full speed, it reminds me of Hagel's game. Right. And it's it's good to see because you lose a guy, and it's like, how do you replace a guy like that? But this guy's kind of showing some shades of him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like what I'm seeing. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm I'm really happy to see Delia kind of shake off what he's had going on uh, prior at the beginning of the season and last year, really not being able to come up to that top NHL level and make a difference and uh, and have a good game. So uh, moving on to the Hawks versus Vegas, uh, first two periods of the Hawks were playing good hockey. I like it and played good, and it seemed like they wanted to give the game up a bit in the third period. Uh, the Kings had, what, three goals in about two minutes and 59 seconds. Um, it was three to nothing to start the, the third period. I, I think that the Hawks should have, they should have had that game out. They should have had the game wrapped up. Uh, Lankinen, Lankinen had a couple soft goals. One of them he couldn't help. It went off of... Uh, yeah. It went off of Doc's knee, and then in traffic, you know, he couldn't even see it. But he had a he had a couple goals go right over his right over his one, glove hand. Yeah, the first one you cannot give up a, a goal on, from the top of the circles, pretty much on the boards. That guy just sniped him, and uh, you, you got to stop those as a goalie. You need to challenge the shooters, and that's that's a save that you need to make. And pretty much that soft goal gave you know the Knights life. Life, they gave him life, and they. They kept, you know, coming at the Hawks, and Lincoln it did make some decent saves, but I thought the OT winner was a bit soft, in my opinion, too. He kind of got lost. He lost a stick, and um, believe it or not, if you, when a goalie loses a stick, you, you kind of lose your balance. You kind of use the stick almost to, you know, you're not leaning on it, but you know where you can move easy, and it's it's weird to explain, but he he just felt like 
in, it it wasn't right for him. The the puck was like almost like a floater changeup type of right game winning goal, and it, of course it had to be that Dandenoff or whatever his name is, and that's the guy that uh, they were trying to trade at the deadline, and um, they got voided by the NHL because of a trade clause team list or whatever. It wasn't right, and since he's been back, <laughs> he's been tearing it up for Vegas, almost like a an in your face type of thing. That's what you get when you try to get rid of me. I'm going to turn it up now. So, so he has a clause in his contract of a no trade list on there. So yeah, he has a no trade, uh, like the ten team thing. You right. know how most like the good players get that. I don't know how the hell he got that, but he did. Right. And I guess the Ducks weren't on there, and something with the paperwork wasn't right, so they had to void it. And it's like, <laughs> hey, we're we're sorry we traded you, but we love to have you back. And since he's <laughs> since he's come back, he. He's been one of their best players. Right. He won that game. He, I mean, he won the game for them, and they needed that two points badly because they're fighting for their lives right now. I'll be honest with you. Looking at the Knights against the Blackhawks, man, uh, this looks like a not a ship that's sinking, but a ship that's sunk. If yeah. by all by all um, accounts, the the Blackhawks are one of the worst teams in the league. Now, this could be one of two things. Either the Blackhawks can be an unlucky good team that just can't finish off games that are tough to play against, or they're just a bad team. Either way, um, Vegas had a hard time putting them away, and Vegas lost their last game uh, to the Blackhawks, and they're they're and they have cap trouble because oh they're in big trouble. Well, big they're they're trouble. fourteen million over the cap. They can't get anybody off until the if they make the playoffs, the playoffs start. I don't know what they're gonna do because Eichel he's got to be making ten, right? 10, I think yep. he's making ten and. They got this guy that they try to trade, Dandinoff or Dananoff, whatever you, whatever Russian name he is. But he, I, th- I believe he makes four, and it's going to be very difficult. This guy's going to have to be a cap wizard and pray they make it to the playoffs, so it doesn't matter with the cap, like kind of like what the Lightning did with yeah. uh, Kucherov. But hey, you got to make it t- first to, you know, to be able to have that luxury. It's even it's even worse though. I mean, Kucherov was that was what eight million. Yeah, Cooch is only making eight, and look what he does. He can put yeah. up 125 points a year if he wanted to. And this is this is almost, you know, 14. You know, this is yeah. almost, almost double. That's ridiculous. I know. And to be honest, though, the Cooch injury was a very bad injury. And yeah, it was. You know what? They shut him down. Listen, you're, we want you in the playoffs. We want you 100%. And I think Tampa made the right move with that. They they weren't breaking any, any NHL rules doing right. that. They... They did it right. They still made the playoffs without one of their best players. And on the other hand, Vegas, they they need these guys to, just to get into the wild card the way they're Incredible. playing. So, so they they better get their acts together soon. They they got to they got to get going here. What do you think it is, Matt? What do you think what's what's going on with Vegas other than injuries? Do you think it's, you know, a system thing? Do you think there's just too much, you know, publicity over them going, you know, up and down, up and yeah. down? Well, you need Robin Leonard in that, definitely. I mean, they got two young kids kind of jumping in and out, and it's not, it's not, you can't have that down in the stretch. You need your, your top gun to be playing, keeping you in games. They, they got lucky yesterday with the Hawks. The Hawks just crapped the bed in the third period. They, no business winning that game. And if you lose to the Hawks, that, they don't, honestly, they, Vegas doesn't deserve to make it just, just because of the injuries and, you know what they do a lot too? They sign players like to a pretty decent contract, and they'll trade them like the next year. They've done this a couple times, right? I, I, if I'm a player and I'm like, hey, listen, I want to sign three years here, but I don't want to play one season and get traded to like Buffalo, like say for like Alex Tuck. 
I think he's a great yeah. player, and he was he fit well with that Vegas team. He did. I I just like for an incoming free agent, you, you think about this stuff. Like even uh, Paul Stastny, he signed with Vegas a couple years, and then they traded him the next year to the Jets. Right. It's like, come on, man! I signed with you guys because I want to play with you guys. If I wanted to sign with the Jets, I would have done that. Right. So I mean, maybe maybe uh, the morale in the locker room is you know not that great, and the trust, like even with Mark Andre Fleury, yeah, you're gonna finish your career here, kid. We love you. It's like seems like a week later that he was on the Blackhawks. So right. could it could be that. You never know. Do you think that's gonna hurt them in the future with signing players to Vegas? I think all these trades they're doing now, it's gonna it's gonna pay back sooner than later because they got rid of some good players like um that kid on Montreal's uh Suzuki. They traded him for Max Pacaretti. Max is good. He's hurt a lot. He's hurt a lot, he's older. Um, Alex Tuck's a good player, a role player that you want on your team, a big guy, power forward type of guy. Then they, didn't they trade, uh, it's not Stevens. It's a different kid. Craig Smith. No, they traded with Alex Tuck with the, uh, Jack Eichel trade. I mean, they're, they were oh. so crazy about getting Eichel. They gave away their top prospect. I mean, take a, take a lesson out of the Hawks, man. If you keep trading your top picks. It's going to come back and haunt you in, yeah. in years. You're not going to have anything. We got one, maybe two kids in the system, and they're, they're really not that ready yet. Vegas is going to run into, like, zero. And they're, right. they're, they want that cup so bad. Yeah, but, if like, look, you're barely making it to the playoffs. You're kind of declining every year. So they got to change something. Vegas wouldn't have stand a chance against the Blues right now if they went to the playoffs if they started today. I don't even think they'd have a chance against uh, the Flames, obviously. I'm right. I'm totally on the Flames wagon. I think that the Flames would beat them in four, and it would be ugly every game. Oh, yeah. And if they're, say, they're the wild card team, and they even, I think even Nashville can, oh, yeah. Saros can just shut them shut down. Shut them down. So yeah. it's not looking good for them. Not at all. Well, the Kaner Strom cat line continues to dominate. I believe Strom is at 10 games now. Uh, 10, 10 goals in 10 games right now. Um, they they were dangerous the entire night. Kubalik finally scored. He had a couple. Uh, he had a, he had a couple aimed at the rafters though. But yeah, <laughs> uh, he he finally scored, which was really which was really nice. Uh, Tave scored. He had a really nice uh, deflection deflection goal, and and Cat uh, sniped in the fourth goal of the game, which was nice beautiful, to take that four to three uh, four yeah. to three goal lead. But as we mentioned, you know, Dadunov uh, scored the game-winning goal, and uh, it was um, it was a, it was a pretty entertaining game. The first two periods, it was not slow, but you know, it was kind of just going the Blackhawks' way. And then in the third period, it started off all all Vegas, and then it went back and forth for a bit. Oh, them trading goals back and forth. So uh, so that was cool. But we got some NHL news after watching the Flames light up the Oilers. Matt has jumped on the Flames bandwagon. <laughs> it's hard to cheer for the central team and everybody out west in the Pacific, except for the Flames, is playing average or awful. <laughs> That's a quote from Matt, which uh, which I appreciate. I like that. Um, we were talking to uh, you know, uh, Mitch Tyler. Yeah, Tyler, and um, he Mitz really told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just watching them over the season, you know, it was like we were talking about them last year that they're going to be winning games two to one. 
you know, they'd probably be ugly games and probably squeak into the playoffs. And you know what? Uh, they haven't been ugly games. They've just been annihilating other teams. Uh, just the force to be reckoned with. It's pretty interesting. They beat the, uh, what was that? The Oilers 9-5. to 9-5. Uh, to five. Incredible, and man. The um, Flames have four 30-goal scorers. Wow. Do, did the Blackhawks in 2010 have three? I know we had Sharpie. Uh, I believe I don't know if Hosea even hit thirty. I know Kaner. He was hurt. He was hurt half this season, so I think yeah. he had like twenty or twenty-five. So it was Kaner and Sharpie probably that hit thirty. I and think Taves had thirty-two. He, he might have. I, I I'm gonna look that up, but that, that's incredible to me. A Daryl Sutter yeah. system, yeah, right? Four four guys with thirty goals, and one guy is making two million dollars at Mangiapane. Right. Just what a gem. I mean, and then they bring in Tyler Toffoli. I mean, that's just. They brought him in early, like too. How can you not like the team? I mean, I, I like Johnny Hockey. He's like, I know Tyler called him like a Panarin like player. I I disagree. I, with respect, I think he is more like a Kaner type of guy. And I did, uh, I'm checking Taves. You are, you are correct. He did have 32 goals in 2010, 76 points. That was one of his best seasons. Yeah. And that's the year we won the cup. Yeah. So I everybody mean, was firing that year. Yeah. So like I mentioned, you know, actually in the last podcast, you know, the Blackhawks can take a lot of, a lot of cues from the flames, just how they've drafted what they've done over the past few years. Yeah. They had some, they had some tough years, but yeah. uh, you know, they drafted really well. Matthew Kachuk is, I believe is in his fourth season. So he's, he's hitting his stride, you know, and I think that's what it takes, man. I think when these young kids come into the league, I think it takes them about four seasons just for their bodies to get into this, into, into the rigors of the, of the NHL really for them to develop um, in, in, so that they can handle the game. Um, I, I, I think the, I think the Calgary Flames are, are due to go pretty far this year, man, because they are, they're built for the, Regular season and man with a coach like Sutter, they're they're uh, they're built to go far in the playoffs. So look out for the Flames. Yeah, we don't give their goalie enough credit. Markin, Mark. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, he's, he's got great. nine shutouts this year. How many? And you know nine. Oh my gosh! And he's been, you know he he's been around. I know he was drafted with the Panthers. I know he ended up getting traded for Lou. Ended up with the uh, Canucks. He was there for a couple seasons and then. You know, maybe they felt comfortable letting him walk over to uh, Calgary because they had Thatcher Demko in the system and everything, but he's really found his home, and he found a coach that preaches defense and take care of your own end, and <laughs> that's going to help a goalie's numbers every time. So, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting, but I am, for the West, I am going with the Flames. I am on the wagon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I, I like the Flames, man. I don't think Cal... Cal- I'm sorry, Colorado is going to going to do it this year. Um, they're a good team. I just don't see it though. Um, the the Blues, I think, are a are a sneaky team, a tough team to play against, a team I wouldn't want to play against. Uh, I think Nashville and um, and the Blues, man, that would be a probably a slow but but a physical, a very physical uh, series. I think it would go seven. Yeah, I series. think so too. I think it would. It would depend and. Uh, Saros having a bad game or not, but I think I give the edge to Nashville with the goaltending right now. But the Blues can score; they can they could play defense, they could play that style. I, but I think it would go seven, and I just don't know yet. <laughs> it's too hard to <laughs> too hard to pick right now. 
So we have a few fan questions today that we're going to put out there. It is, we got three of them that we're going to, that we're going to do today. So if you are listening and you want to throw in some fan questions, be sure to get us on Twitter um, at Shy Tomahawk. We will, and we'll put them in here and we'll, you know, we'll try to notify you when we do them. So essentially, who do you think will look to resign and what cap and term do you think? I think that this is, this is aimed towards possibly Taves, Kane, and uh, Debrinket because they can sign new contracts this. They July can extend, 1st. I should yep. say. They, should, they yeah. can extend this summer. So do you want me to go first on this, Matt, or do you want to do this one first? Um, you go ahead. I'll follow up with you. All right, news. I'll go Taves. Um, I don't think, I think after everything that he said and after his comments, a lot of people think that he's looking to to head out. Um, I don't think that he's going to do that. I think that he's got it good in Chicago, uh, especially if he's uh, if they give him an opportunity to, to stay. I don't think he's going to be making ten million the next. As a matter of fact, I know positively he's not going to be making ten million on his next contract. But I think anywhere between four point five and six, four point five if he's looking to take a, a team friendly deal, six if we're still paying for previous cups. Um, would be around the cap hit for Taves, uh, which essentially is, you know, maybe five, you know, even five would be good. And uh, I think that he has value on the defensive side of the puck uh, with some offensive upside if he can find that part of his game. His health is a big thing, so we have to take that into consideration. Uh, Kane are still playing at, at, at an elite level. In all honesty, I think that Kane can still demand eight to 8.5 a year. At the at the clip that he's still scoring at uh, three year deal for both of them, um, but I think that Kaner might take between six to seven point five million. I still think that even set at seven point five, that's a team friendly deal for uh, for Patrick Kane. As far as Debrinket, it's time for the uh, money truck to come in. I think Debrinket's going to make between nine and ten million. Uh, we're looking at a guy who scored thirty goals multiple times. And he scored 40 once. He's on pace to hit 40 again this year. I mean, if he even goes on a tear, he could still possibly hit 50. So uh, with 19 games left, 19 or 18 games left. So those are my predictions for the Cat, Taser, and Kaner. I think that Taves would want to stick around. Um, The Blackhawks just built that new facility at 5th, 3rd. They've got great facilities there. You know, the... um, the the Blackhawks take care of him, and the facil- facilities at the at the United Center are really good too. And these are things to take in, into consideration. You know how uh, how well is are your accommodations that you're uh, where you're at right now? So what do you think, Matt? Well, I don't think that Kane and Taves are going to sign in the summer. I think they're going to let them fin- finish their contracts out. Uh-huh. I don't think they will be traded at the deadline. Mm-hmm. That's it's up to them. Um, I don't see Kaner leaving. I All indications point to he wants to be here. He's, he's even said, I want to be here for the rebuild. Um, I think Debrinkat's going to sign July 1st, like you said, somewhere the max deal, probably like a... Probably an eight-year deal, ten mil, probably. I would be... And I'd be perfectly okay with that. That's your That's your next... What do you say, like a Dylan Larkin type of guy, young yeah. guy, and I and I would throw the C on him. Quite honestly, I think it's time to pass the torch, and I would love Taves to be in the locker room with him while he's captain. Kind of reminds me of a 
Mike Madano, Brendan Morrow type of thing. I know they stripped Madano. He was a captain for many years with the Stars, and they saw Brendan Morrow coming up, and they wanted him to be the next guy, and Madano had an A. And I think that's huge for a young captain, having a guy like that who's you know been the captain all of, all of his career, and just to um, be right next to him in the locker room, just to help him out and show him the way. But I, yeah, I definitely think eight years, ten million. I, well, I hope, I hope Davidson would be an idiot to let a forty goal score go. I mean, this, he's definitely going to get forty this year. He's at thirty seven. Last year was thirty two. Uh, twenty nineteen, he got eighteen. It was kind of a, a rough year for him, but that's still decent for a young kid. And his second year, forty one, and his rookie year, twenty eight. So right. this guy's a goal scorer. Yeah, you have to pay him. Goal scorers don't come along much when you have one. You have to take care of him. Look at Austin Matthews. They were, they drafted this guy. He's hitting fifty. He's he could possibly hit sixty one day. You you have to keep him. This is a guy you build the team around. But uh, going to the end of the season, I think Kaner will sign it like in the summer of next year. Uh, Taves, man, I don't know. I don't. It just sounds like he's not happy. I could see him testing free agency. Would I like to see him come back? Absolutely, for cheap. I don't. I think you were kind of being generous, throwing out six. I think Taves is more at the four range. Yeah. But you know, Kane and Taves have done everything together. They've right. always done the same money, same term. So maybe we'll see that. We the Hawks would be very lucky if Kaner were to take a huge discount like that. But like you said, he is still putting up numbers and he's quite deserving of seven to eight million. Yeah. And, I mean it's not like much. he's not it's not like he's scoring twenty and getting twenty assists. This guy is getting like fifty to sixty assists still. Right. And that's absolutely huge for a rebuilding team to have a star like this still. You know, now that I think about it, I mean, they could both come in and say, hey, you know, we'll take five apiece. You know, that's a deal. They're just coming off of, you know, uh, twin $84 million contracts, $36 million before that. Uh, These guys have cleared about, you know, over $100 million so far each. So I I, I don't think that, um, you know, that money would be a thing for them. If if Davidson came up and said, hey, look, guys. We're gonna put a statue of you guys out front. Your your jerseys are going up into the into the rafters. You guys are legends here. Um, you guys want to win? I need more cap space. What kind of deal can we make out? Can we do five million a piece? You give me if you guys take five million, I can, you know, try to do something here to to build this team into something that you guys can compete. You know, going into your or you know retirement years because uh, five and five, man, that would be a sweet deal. If five five for three years, fifteen million a piece, right. I think that's a steal. Right. They're gonna put fans in the stands still. The old right. the older guys that grew up with Kane and Taves are still gonna go and wanna watch him. Right. Probably gonna wanna watch Kane get his five hundred five hundredth goal because that's a big milestone. Right. Taves is close to I believe he's close to a thousand points, thousand right. games played. And like guys like us will appreciate that. That's right. that's a great career. I would go and, you know, watch those guys still. And I think that'd be a fair deal. I agree. Do you think Stromer gets a new deal? If so, what cap and term? So Strom, um, oh man, <laughs> here's here's the thing. What Strom are we getting? Are we getting Strom that we've had? You know that that is. There's been two Dylan Stroms that have played here. There's been a Dylan Strom that has played really well with Alex DeBrinket and has put up some points. Uh, won some faceoffs and has played well, and then there's a Dylan Strom that 
does not play well with Alex Dabrinkit and does not play well with any other player on the team. So as of late, I think that Dylan Strom um, does have a place on this team. I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the season. I think it depends on how much money that he wants. If he wants anything over three to 3.5 million, absolutely not. Um, as of right now, um, I don't think that he's worth 3.5 million. If he has played like he does right now through the course of his through the course of his contract, absolutely. Even if he wanted five million, if he's playing the way that he is right now through the course of his contract, I would say absolutely. We can give him five million. Six million would be an overpayment. But considering he's so up and down, I, I wouldn't really want to commit to him. I'd want to see um I'd want to see who is available at center because we do need a center. Uh, but also I, I want to take a look at what's going on in the locker room. Uh, is this a guy that he makes the team play better. Is he a guy that's like a glue guy that when he's in the locker room, you know, uh, spirits are up, you know, guys like him, or uh, is he one of those guys where, you know, he's kind of negligible, you know, because that stuff makes a big difference. What do you think, Matt? Like you said, which Stromer are we getting? Are we getting last year's Strom where he, you know, would score every 10 games and get scratched, come back and score three, get scratched again. It's it's there's a lot of inconsistency. I know he was terrible under Colleton. The whole team was, and I know he's thriving under King right now. He's he's been he's been good. And I, you know what? If if you're gonna keep the guy, he obviously has really good chemistry with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrincat. Those are our two best players on the team. But there's gonna be times where he's gonna be cold, and then they're gonna have to put him somewhere else. So then what? Is he going to be bad again? Because there, there's a track record here of him not playing well with other types of players. Right. So I think if we are going to give him a deal, I would match the term of Patrick Kane. So say Patrick Kane signs a three-year deal and he's done, then Dylan Strom's going to be done. And hopefully we got some young kids like, you know, Lucas Reichel coming up and our next, you know, our next wave of draft picks coming up. And he's not needed because he's going to be older. But I definitely would not go over $5 million. Now, I don't even feel comfortable going over $4 million, quite honestly. Right. For just half the season, he's been good. Not, not even half, just this last quarter, if you want to even call it. 20 games. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe three years, $4 million. If who knows, he yeah. might even want. He, I I believe he's a re restricted free agent still. Wow. So we still own his rights. I I think. Don't quote me on that. But I, I I wouldn't go any longer like a DeBrincat type of deal. I wouldn't say hey four million each for eight years because that no that's not going to work. So that that's what I would do. That's a good question by Blake because it's a, it's a thinker. It is you know because it's like okay you know you've been in the league a few years already and you know it is you know you should. You know, get that maybe four million. You know, get that five hundred k bump to four four million. I think that that would be fair, um, but I, I think three years would be the term. Four or three is is the term that I would go on that. So here's another good one, another thinker, and I'm sure this is going to be a divisive one. What will Doc's next deal look like? Eight now, million a year. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm looking at Jack Hughes' oh, contract. Man, Why not me? Bring this guy yeah. Up. Well, yeah. hey, same draft class. Matt, you know, it's like, here's the thing. I, I think that Doc has potential. I, I think that he can, 
I think that he can play in this league. The problem is, is that I think that his development was so mishandled that he's like a guy, you know, kind of like Anakin Skywalker, who's on the light and the dark side, back and forth, back and forth. You know, it's like he he just can't put it all together yet. And that, that could be because of his age. I mean, he is 21 years old, man. How many guys man. hit 24 and then they're finally the player that they need to be, you know? Um, as far as his contract is concerned, here's the thing. What is he worth? Personally, if we're getting Brandon Hagel for 1.5, I would say Doc would be between the 1.5, 2 million range. Taking his, where he was drafted in consideration, he, he might be getting 3.5, you know, and, and, and this is, this is a problem. This is a problem that we have in this league is that guys are getting paid. And this is in any league too. It happens in the NFL as well. Guys are getting paid for their draft position and not for what they've done in their, in their league. And as far as I'm concerned, I think Doc is worth 1.5 to 2 million. But I think that because he was a high draft pick, he might be more likely to get 3 million. What do you think, Matt? What do you think, Matt? Yeah, you know what? I, the Hawks, you're right. They did absolutely rush him up, and they kind of they kind of hurt his confidence. If anything, if I'm Davidson and you still believe in this guy, I would say, hey, listen, kid, I want I want you to give me another three year bridge deal, kind of like your entry like uh, contract. I'm going to give you two million a year for three years. I want you to prove yourself this these three years. I want you to start putting 20 goals in the net every year and I want you to at least get 60 points that that is your goal this is the type of player we thought you were going to be and we we rushed you because we were desperate we had nothing else we threw you into the fire and it didn't benefit us and it didn't benefit you so do the right thing there's still a lot of promise with him I I see him skate out there he makes some excellent moves he's got good vision he can pass definitely going to be a good hockey player but make it right give him three years Give him kind of like a redo entry level, but you can obviously pay him more. He might have a bigger role, but that's probably what I would do. Well, yeah, three years in the league, uh, you know, up to this point, you know, I, I honestly believe you play in the league, you deserve to get your, your bumps up as you as you um, yeah. as, as you go up. You know, I don't think any guy who's been in the league for 10 years should be making less than, you know, four to five million a year. And um, you'll make them comfortable. You give them a couple years that you like, hey, these guys believe in me. They're giving me three more years. These one-year deals, I think yeah. that that hurts players. I, I really so do. Too. I mean, if unless you're really good, like you know you're going to you, – we're going to give you a bridge deal one year just to see if it was a fluke or not. Then the next year it's always like like 2 million jumps to like 11 or not like yeah. uh, 12 million. He's not <laughs> that type of guy. But if you no. give him like some security – that might make him play better in yeah. his head. Like, hey, I'm not going anywhere. It's time to it's time to buckle down and get going here. Right, right. So moving on to a question from the uh, from the brush line, Beaver the Ash line, the the legend, the legend. What do you think the goalie situation will look like going into next season? Lynx is a is in a position to be a starter, but will the orc focus on grooming futures or look for another established tendy? to compete slash insert as a starter. So I think that it's really going to be determined on how well Lanks plays to the, to the end of the season. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think that this guy has gotten a very fair shake this season. Um, he was supposed to be kind of like a one B starter and he hasn't been, he's been more of a, 
a bench warmer than anything, than a guy who gets an opportunity to come in and play, uh, you know, maybe once a week, you know, and, and he hasn't had an opportunity. Um, he got hurt in one game that he played and he played excellent in that game. So he's still kind of dealing with somewhat of a, of a wrist injury, which is important for goalies to have, man, strong wrist. And uh, I think that Lincoln will be on the, uh, I think it's definitely determined on how he plays towards the end of the season and how good of a camp that he has. I think that it's in the, the Blackhawks' best interest to find the best goaltender that they can, whether it be a, a backup or, or someone to, you know, to kind of give Lincoln in some competition because I think that's good to have some healthy competition between your two your two starting goalies. And then, but at the same time, I want them to be looking for who's next, who's coming up. Is there, a, uh, you know, a UC Soros in uh, the wild out there that they can find? Then, yeah, I mean, I want that guy. So I, I'm not really married to anything right now, but uh, I think Lincoln should get his, um, he should get his opportunity, but he has a lot to work on. Yeah, that, that's well said. I, I think last night or last afternoon, uh, yeah, that's not good enough to be a starting goalie. You you cannot you cannot give up two softies in one period like that. I, mean, I know we're not going anywhere. We're not in the playoff hunt or anything, but like this is the time to work on your game, and those can't go in. Um, last year, like you said, the, the competition, if you want to call it, for the starting job, he ran away with that. He destroyed Delia. He destroyed Subban. He was walking away with that thing. And you know what? I That was good for him. But when they brought in Fleury, that definitely, it definitely hurt him. And Coach King, you know, he he didn't play Lincoln in as much because, you know, he's trying to keep his job too. We've talked about this before. He wants the best goalie in, you know, as much as he can. He, he's trying to get a job next year. So Fleury obviously gave him a better chance to win every night. Um, but what I would do with this guy, I would probably, I don't know. I'd probably give him a two-year deal, very cheap. Say, hey, listen, we're rebuilding. We like what we've seen from you, but we need more out of you. So, I mean, you're going to have some competition next year. I don't know if they're going to bring up Soderblom. I don't think he was ready when we last, uh, who did he play last game? He might've played the Flames, I want to say, and that, that's a very good team. Uh, but... Yeah, this is another tough question. I like, After watching that third period, I was like ready to move on from this guy. I, I don't think he'll be here during the rebuild years when we're finally retooled and ready to compete for the Stanley Cup again. But I think he could be a, a decent 1B right now. So that's that's what I got on him. I think Soderblom needs at least one full season at Rockford as the number one. Well, he's definitely getting that now that Delia has been named the backup. For the right. next for the next twenty twenty something games going into the playoffs, for, that's huge. Right, and like you said, next year maybe he'll he'll take the reins and play about you know fifty fifty games max. Deep dive. If you are building a franchise and you get one defenseman in the league currently, who are you taking? Any current D man? Now is this like today or today. is this like okay? Right now, today. Uh, from the from the list that we've got here, we named a few defensemen. Okay, mine got, is not on there. Okay, got mm-hmm. Adam Fox, got Victor Hedman, Kale McCarr, Seth Jones, Darnell Nurse, and Roman Josie. Okay, now if I were to take a defenseman today, um, I think that I would. Uh, 
You know what, man? You want me to go first? No, no, no. I'm going to go with Victor Hedman, man. I, I've, I've always been high on him. Uh, I just think that the guy shows up um, in every game, uh, whether it's Stanley Cup finals or whether it's um, or, or whether it's, you know, a regular season game on a Tuesday night in January. You know, I think the guy shows up. I'm going to go with Victor Hedman. Yes, I, I watched him today play against the Islanders, and oh, God. So, so, so really, really quickly, is yep. is this? Ju- so, I'm building out the franchise today, right? And yep. we're, we're at we're we're not playing for like the Stanley Cup Finals. This is just no, like day you're one. You're building. You, Mike, got his own team in a new city, and he gets to take one defenseman to start his team to build the team. Okay. Yes, sir. You know, I'm gonna have to take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I am because Cause of the age. Because yeah. of the age. That's yes. right. I, I mean, I was. Thinking, I should have. I should have clarified this. Yeah, better, I was but. thinking that. Hey, I'm building a team to win the Stanley Cup, like right now. Okay. Um, no, I mean, I can I'm, see if you're like Vegas, right. if you want to just grab them right away. Yeah. But. If if I'm if I am building a team from scratch and we're looking to build something, uh, I'm going to have to go to Detroit and take Mo, man, Mo, so Mo you, Cider. So you picked my. You picked mine too. <laughs> And, and the, the that reason, is why I didn't put him on the list because okay. I didn't want you to re- I didn't want you to think about it, but you got it. I'm, but I'm doing I've it been, because well, of age. It, absolutely, and this kid, I've just every every night I you know I watch clips of you know all the goals and the hits, and this kid is like a highlight reel. The way he skates, the way he hits, he could pass, he plays defense. And just every time I watch this kid, I'm like, God, I hope Davidson is finding like a gem like this in this draft. I hope he's got scouts all over the world because this is like the type of guy that we need. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, to be honest with you, I like the way he plays defense. I think yeah. that he's got a lot of um, a lot of offensive upside, but you know, defense is. Playing in the defensive zone is something that I really look for. Um, that, and I look for skating ability in a defenseman because I, I'm. This is just me. I think a defenseman should be one of the best skaters on the ice because a lot of times they need to get they need to get out of trouble in small areas, and um, and he can do that. I, I really like him. Number two, I would even right now today I would take Hedman, but I'll go Mo and, and Hedman. Yeah, sure. uh, Victor Hedman. I I watched the game today. It was the uh, Lightning versus the New York Islanders. My Stanley Cup picks. Yikes! Uh, dude, Tampa was skating circles around this team. Hedman. He. I think he has 18 goals this year, <laughs> and that's that's a defenseman, man. Right. I know Kale McCarr's got a lot of goals, but I mean that's so impressive. You don't see that many defensemen getting over 15, and this guy's about to hit 20. He could even hit 25 the way he's playing. He's a beast, but I'm with you with Mo Sider. Uh, the Red Wings lucked out again, and it's just it's unbelievable that they got a kid like that. They got throttled today, though, like eleven to two against the Penguins. What? Yeah, eleven to two. I think Dylan Larkin scored a goal because it my fantasy ESPN thingy went off, and I'm like, oh wow, you're you're losing eleven to two. Good, thanks for getting me a goal. What are you like a minus six today? Just terrible. <laughs> Yeah, McCarr's got 24 goals on the season. That that's insane too. But like like Tyler said, this guy could easily be a center on most teams the way he plays. But good luck in the playoffs because dude, that that game does not work. We've seen it. It True. doesn't work. Brian Campbell wasn't skating circles through people. No. 
in the playoffs. No. He would get wrecked. Right. So it's going to be a lot different in the in the uh, playoffs for the the Avalanche. That's for sure. To McCarr's credit, he's got 49 assists as well. So um, there's no doubt he's a great talent, but yeah. it's it's a totally different game. Right. Right. So hey man, do you got anything else? Those were uh, those were fun at the we end get, there. We got it. We got to do a deep dive at the end each time. Yeah, we'll, yeah. I think we're next, gonna start next, doing that. Next episode, I got one for coaching. If okay. we could steal one coach, that's what we'll do. Maybe if if you're listening right now, you could shoot us some ideas. Uh, but you know what? I did see a um something that you would be very interested in uh, the other day. I think it was the 35th anniversary of the. Brawl between the Red Wings and the Avalanche um, oh, wow. in the 90s. Yeah, I remember being a young kid uh, <laughs> watching ESPN in my dad's buddy's basement, and I just see Patrick Wass skating, you know, full speed to the red line, meeting Mike Vernon, and it was just a war. Darren McCarty was on, um, Claude Lemieux, one of the dirtiest players of all time, and Dude, it's it's flying by, man. I, I just I was a kid when that happened, and uh, I know you were a couple years ahead of me, but just insane. Yeah. They, they need to make a thirty for thirty on that rivalry. That'll be like the best hockey documentary ever. Yeah, I remember. I, I just happened to because you know the Hawks weren't on TV because you know Dollar Bill never had them on TV. So I was like, all yeah. right, I'll throw on the Colorado versus Red Wings game, yeah. and uh, these guys were. I couldn't believe it. I watched it live. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, even Peter Forsberg was going at it. Right. He's, I mean, he's he's a skill guy. He's right. not a fighter. And then all the other guys are going. Uh, Adam Foote was in there for the Avalanche. He was another tough defenseman. But I, it made me laugh when Patrick Wad doing his thing. Like he he's you know he comes across as the head case and right. He's doing his thing. He's chirping at Vernon and Vernon's right. just throwing punches to his mouth and. <laughs> What a great, what a great brawl. Yeah, I know. No kidding. Well, all right, everybody. That's what we got for you tonight. We're going to do a poll later on in the week doing uh, on our deep dive and we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll do the results on our next podcast and uh, let you guys know what we get. So we'll catch you on the next one. We'll see you. This is the Tomahawk and we're out of here.